All right, what's up? We're live. Playing to win episode number 72. Talking about cancel culture. Manosphere, aka the Manoswamp. Top G, red pill, etc., etc. It'll be a fun one today. Um, make sure you um, hit the like button if you're just coming on in. And uh, enable that. And um, throw some uh, comments in the live chat if you... If there's anything you guys want to ask me, because I'm basically leaving the uh, uh, questions up to you guys. If you want to direct this uh, to talk about a certain topic, uh, just hit me up with a, uh, a chat or a super chat or whatever you want. And I'll keep an eye open for anything and try to make sure I hit on it. So we touch on as much as possible. But I want to talk about cancel culture first. Because uh, it's like, guys, cancel culture ain't new. Cancel culture ain't freaking new. It is some old ass shit. I'm going to stand up for this podcast. It is some old ass shit. It's been going on for a while. They've tried to come at uh, quite a few people. Um, we've seen what happened to Andrew recently. And um, who have they been successful with? They've they've uh, canceled. Well, they canceled the president of the United States. That was uh, pretty impressive. Um you think of all people, you wouldn't get canceled if you were president, but boom, you got uh, social media taken away. Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Stefan Molyneux, Andrew Tate. There's probably a bunch of others, but it's not new. You know, it's been going on for a while. Like um, trying to remove voices um, doesn't silence them. Okay. Trying to move ideas doesn't get rid of them. All it does is it proves the accuracy of those concepts, if we're being honest, okay? Um, like, look, did Alex Jones go away? As far as I know, he's still around. Um, most of these people are still out and about. You know, Donald Trump is still claiming he's going to be running for president. So whether he does or he doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that guy's days are over, if we're being honest. He kind of had his opportunity and he screwed it up. Um, who's the... Who's that new guy that that seems to be getting a lot of traction? Uh, DeSantis, right? He seems he seems like an interesting candidate for a presidential switch over from demented, asleep Joe. <laughs> Somebody shared a a clip the other day um, I saw on Twitter, and the caption was something like, "I don't know when the edible kicks in," and he's sitting there after signing something, and he's like. He doesn't know where he is. And he's kind of like, he just passes the pen over to a random dude. He's shaking the hands of people that aren't there. Man, the world's a strange place. But yeah, cancel culture, right? So um, they'll they'll try to remove you when they don't like what you say. Um, I've, let me share a couple stories with you, actually. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this publicly much or before on the channel. I, I, I've probably talked about it privately with a couple of my bros. But um, so back in my debt business around 2010, the Canadian dollar was at par with the U.S. dollar. And um, there were some legislative changes that happened in the U.S. about a year or two before that. And what ended up happening was a lot of the American companies saw an opportunity to now promote their services in a country that didn't have the same legislation as what was in the U.S. So they started basically running the same advertising campaigns that got them in so much trouble in the U.S. a few years prior. I was I was I was the largest Canadian player at that time. 
but there were a lot of American companies with uh, very deep pockets. You know, the U.S. marketplace is quite a bit bigger than uh, Canada's. And they started purporting the same sort of uh, promises, hopes and dreams to uh, Canadian citizens. And they it, and they flat out lied. Like they would say things like, you know, there's a new government program sort of thing, which is one of the catchphrases, which really caught their attention. So credit card companies, banks, and even media personalities and the government got behind uh, writing new legislation to cancel the industry that I was operating in. And um, the process took about two and a half, three years, I would say. And they were successful in getting the legislation passed um, and implementing it. Um, and they legitimately canceled an entire industry, which for the most part, the ones that were operating above board were very, very helpful in eliminating debt, improving credit ratings, helping people get back on their feet. Uh, incredibly helpful, in fact. But that just showed me, like that was one of the red pilling moments for me. That was like a, a, a big unplugging moment for me. And uh, I was like, holy shit, like you can be doing the right thing. You can save people a lot of money. You can lead them down a brighter path. You can improve the credit rating. But the credit card companies and the banks had so much power, so much influence that um, regulators just said, oh, okay, you know, let's do this because this should be better. And they don't think one of the things I learned about government at that time, because I went down to Queens Park for about two and a half years, I was leading this trade organization and um, I dealt with lobbyists. We had to hire lobbyists. We spent 60 grand on lobbyists and stuff like that. And I'm meeting all the policymakers and regulators. Canadians uh, watching the stream will uh, know the name Jagmeet Singh because he's the leader of the NDP party here. And he was the critic to the bill, um, which was called, I think, Bill 55 at the time. And I met with Jagmeet Singh several times. And he's not the person on um, screen that he holds himself out to be, you know, to care about people and, um, you know, the little guy and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I experienced the same thing with all the others that I met as well. They're more concerned with their positions, their tenure, their seat in office and stuff like that. They don't really care about what's good for the little guy. So that was another big red pilling moment for me. So when they tried to cancel the industry and were successful at it, Pretty much everybody had to shut down and fold. I'm not a dummy and I've got a great lawyer and we went through the legislation. There's no point in trying to fight legislation was another outcome of that. So we went through all the legislation and we found a carve out that was uh, suitable and we pivoted and survived. Most people don't survive canceling. Most industries, most companies, they, they just don't. It's very, very difficult if nearly impossible. Um, you haven't seen Alex Jones back on mainstream social media. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump's got anything back. He went and created his own social media platform. Um, what other names out there? Miley Yiannopoulos has kind of disappeared in the woodwork. And I guess we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with um, Andrew um, as far as his cancellation. I mean, um, most Google guy on the planet at one point. I, I checked on Google Trends. I've got a shortcut for Google Trends because I always keep an eye on you know, what's trending out there. And I think I compared uh, uh, Tate versus uh, Kim Kardashian versus Joe Rogan versus Elon Musk. Like I tried to think of some big names and he's, he's right. You know, there were, there were more searches trending than any of those other names. Uh, and he got caught up in the whirlwind of all that and cancel culture came. Uh, and they won because they own the platforms. They own the distribution of media. A few years ago, I had um, 
I had a tweet that went out that went really viral that um, got picked up on morning shows, stuff like, um, I don't think it went on The View, but like morning shows around the world like that, you know, where it's a bunch of women sitting around at a table talking about stuff and they'll find like sound bites and clips. And there's a tweet that I put out and it ended up on a whole bunch of uh, pieces of um, uh, like media outlets and stuff like that. And there's a tweet that said something along the lines of, um, you know, ladies, if you want to keep a guy, be feminine, uh, be beautiful, have culinary skills, just basic stuff, you know, stuff that, you know, your grandmothers would have been told, telling like their great granddaughters or their granddaughters, you know, 50 years ago or something like that. Uh, nothing outrageous. And they tried to cancel me. It was, it was really funny because, um, I got this, this message from my office and, um, they were they were basically coming up and going like, oh, is this Richard Cooper, the guy that works at Total Debt Freedom sort of thing? And I'm, I was like, so? Like, I founded the business 20 years ago. What are you going to do? You try to cancel? They legitimately try to cancel me. They legitimately try to cancel me for my own company, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so that brings me to anti-fragility, actually, since um, that's an important concept here. Uh, what's Mike said here? Camilla Harris would get destroyed in an election. I, I don't know. I don't know about the state of elections, man. It's like, it's a real funny thing. Oh, man. Yeah, but anti-fragility is really, really important. So um, there's a concept of fragility, robustness, and anti-fragility. Um, got this from a book called Anti-Fragile. I actually did a book review. This was around the time when I was doing book reviews on um, my channel. Um, I should, there's, there's so many good books out there. Um, anyway, I see these book reviews and I did one on, um, anti-fragile as a video on my channel. I think it was in the M3 at the time. And these three concepts of anti-fragility, robustness, and fragility. Fragility is basically if, like, if I take, I don't have anything glass here, but if I were to take a, a glass cup and drop it on the floor, it would probably shatter. That's, that's fragile. Um, most things in the world are either fragile or robust. Robustness is taking like a bag of sand. If I take a bag of sand and I drop it on the floor, nothing happens to it. It doesn't break. It doesn't get worse. It doesn't get better. Nothing happens to it. And then there's a concept of anti-fragility. Anti-fragility is when you apply chaos to something and it actually improves. Um, so when the uh, financial institutions, the credit card companies, the government came for um, my industry around 2010 and passed the legislation a few years later, um, my business became anti-fragile. Because it improved to the point where the legislation basically removed the competitors, the change in the economic landscape with the value of the Canadian versus U.S. dollar changed things. And they either went out of business, they sold their book of business, they some pivoted, not very many. But most didn't, didn't actually improve. Uh, my business is one of the few that actually improved. So anti-fragility looks like that. Anti-fragility looks like applying chaos to something and it gets better. So in regards to our friend, the top G... Um, an example of anti-fragility is if he actually gets better. Um, I watched that, uh, was it the final word or, or a final word from uh, Tate the other day? Um, how can I put this? <clears throat> it was an interesting video to watch because it was totally different from all the um, interviews and the uh, TikTok clips and all that sort of stuff. One of the things I liked about Andrew is um, he takes ownership. He takes extreme ownership, I think is the best way to put it. I think Jocko Wilnick, you know, uses the same phrase, but it's like, you know, one of the things he said was something along the lines, if I got struck by lightning, I would, I would take the blame for that. 
And, you know, if you think about that for a second, are you the kind of person that would blame the weather? Are you the kind of person that would blame mother nature, whatever it might be? Or are you the kind of person that would look in the mirror and say, that was stupid. Why did I go outside during an electrical storm with an umbrella or with a golf club standing out or something like that, or standing under a very tall tree, for example, that would be your fault. And he's right. Uh, not many people take extreme ownership in that sense. So there's a few things that I liked about that um, video that he did. I, like you say that you're um, a victim of your own success. And I guess he's right because your um, your entire affiliate network network was what created the um, the reach, you know, got you the uh, trending page of um, Google. Uh for your name and all those clips were made. And the vast majority of those clips, I mean, if we're being honest, they had the HU affiliate link in them from what I saw. Um, some of them were taken out of context, but the vast majority were from that program. So the, the, the cancellation and the, uh, you know, the movement into the next chapter, uh, what does he call it? Uh, step two, um, you know, version 2.0 or 3.0, wherever he happens to be that, that next step will be like the, um, you know, like, like sunlight distills all, you know, if you know what I mean, like it sanitizes all the bullshit. And then it's like, you know, you can't hide in any shadows when you're in, you know, the direct sunlight. So it's like, okay, well, this is where you get to. And there's a lot going on right now with the Mano Swamp, the red pill, um, men's self-improvement, self-help sort of notions. And it's not new. Like, um, actually here, I got a clip up here on my channel. Let me throw my headphones. I'll play it. So we'll go through this together. Cause this is, this is a video that I recorded almost four years ago now. Okay. And I was getting pretty pissed off with the whole manosphere stuff at that time. <clears throat> Some people ask me for my opinions on certain things and I just tend to keep them myself at this time. So let's Share screen. It's, a, it's like a quick 10 minute or I can probably play this at one and a half times speed to rip through it faster. Um, but it's relevant for a whole bunch of reasons. Share audio tab, tab. There it is. Okay. Share. We'll throw it up over here. So almost four years ago, I made this video. It's, I don't know how many views on it. It doesn't show here on my screen. It was about 40,000, 40 to 60,000 views, something like that. Um, let's just play it drag it from the start and go one and a half times speed. Let me know if you can't hear this in the chat. It should be playing okay. For you today on the Manosphere, when you talk about uh, what is wrong with the Manosphere, because there's many, many things wrong with it, if I'm being honest. Um, if you're new to the channel, my name is Rich Cooper. If uh, you're an old subscriber, welcome to a different scene. I decided to get out of the car in the house today and just record this in a little bit different scenario, kind of think outside of the box. Um, so how did I get into this Manosphere stuff? I didn't even know what it was a couple years ago, if I'm being honest. You know, I made some bad choices in life, went through the divorce machine, saw some crazy stuff happen, you know, with my business that was just brutal, and then got into a bad relationship with a single mommy for like three years or so. And that's basically what all red pilled me. Um, and I, I basically pivoted my content. You can sort my older content and see how I went from talking about cars and entrepreneurship and, and those success rides and what they had to do to overcome those obstacles to really that same theme, but applying it more to life in general. And I started solving problems within my own life, looking for answers. I mean, when you go looking for answers, you're gonna find them. You'll find them on Google, you'll find them by talking to people, you'll find them on YouTube. You ask questions, you will find answers. There's content out there for just about anything you wanna ask about. And I was looking for some serious answers and I started sharing my own experiences based on what I learned. And I came across books and content like um, Bachelor Pad Economics was the first thing that brought me into it by Aaron Cleary and then you know the Rollo Tomasi book series. Rolo, you know, Rollo's become a great friend. Um, you know, There's many, many things wrong with the um, Manosphere as it's called. You know, first of all, it's a crazy name. I mean, Manosphere sounds like something that would have shown up in Police Academy in the 80s rather than the Blue 
I've always said it's a stupid name. It's like it doesn't sound like anything masculine. It 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 sounds it sounds pretty Sawyer, for being honest. Boyster should have been called the Manosphere. It's a silly name. It's like a weird nightclub. Anyway, setting that aside. But here's the thing, right? I mean, the whole the whole Manosphere space has a number of people in it that preach to an audience, whether it's on social media platforms, video, uh, blog form, in person, however it is that you want to lay it out on how to become a better version of themselves, but they really don't live it themselves. Okay, that hasn't changed at all, at all. As far as men's self-help goes, they purport all these claims and these statements, but they don't live them themselves. Um, I don't, like, look, well, here, let's uh, finish this and then we'll get into all that. They have overinflated egos. They lie. They cheat. Uh, they manufacture stories about themselves that simply aren't true. Yep. Um, I still true today. See so many things that people send to me. They DM me all the time. It's like the drama is never ending, guys. The drama. I've yeah. I've run departments which were primarily comprised of women, uh, doing two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a month in sales. Uh, several several dozen of them, people, employees, and I've never seen this much drama. And they're banging each other and they're fighting with each other and they have HR issues and stuff like that. But in the manosphere space, I've never seen the amount of drama that I see. It's, it's, it's bizarre to me that it is this deep. You know, it solves so many problems. And I'm not saying it itself, but the red pill, you know, waking up from the lies that you've been told and unplugging from social conditioning that doesn't serve you. It solves a lot of problems for guys and it helps them level up in life. It helps them. So like guys are generally deductive reasoners when it comes to problem solving. It's like they'll have a circle hole and they'll have a triangle and a square peg and a rectangular peg and just keep poking them through until one fits. Like that's how guys operate. That's, you know, toddlers do that. But, um, you go looking for answers and you will find them. It's like, you know, whenever I talk to somebody like, Oh, you know, I think so-and-so is doing this, that, and the other thing, you know, on me behind my back sort of thing. Well, go digging for dirt. You're going to get dirty and you're probably going to find stuff that you're not going to like. Right. Um, when you go looking for answers, when you go looking for help, you're going to find something. The problem with self-help and what I was talking about here several years ago was that what you're finding, generally speaking, I'll actually put it this way, okay? Because I've been writing a, a chapter in my follow-up book on the Mano Swamp. I'm not going to give away much of it in it in this video, but just to sort of talk about it from altitude. Um, it's a lot like Las Vegas, if I can put it that way. If you've never been to Vegas, um, you'll figure this out when you go one day. But if you've been to Vegas, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Vegas is a place that you go to, that you're happy that you find, that you're excited to explore. But it's like, when you leave, it's awesome. I spent a number of years flying down to Vegas for long weekends. We'd go down on Friday, we'd come back like Sunday night, go down on Thursday, come back Sunday night sort of thing. And I did this a whole bunch of times with a bunch of different friends, um, larger groups, smaller groups, sometimes just the two of us sort of thing. Um, but you know, we went down there a lot and it's like, it got to the point after doing it a certain number of times where it's like, you know, Sunday night at the airport, you know, waiting for your flight, just kind of sitting there. You're like, fuck, I'm glad I'm going home. Like I'm done with this shit. Right. Like I want to get the hell out of here. That's kind of what the Mano Swamp's like. It's like, it's interesting. You know, you kind of want to visit it, but you don't want to live there. Right. Like people that live in Las Vegas, um, Look, I know there's some tax benefits and stuff like that. And maybe, maybe you like the lifestyle, but most people that I know that have, that have lived there, they don't spend too much time there and become better. It helps them make more money. It helps them get better results with women. It really does. It's like nothing else I've ever seen, but for some reason it's like flies on crap. There's so many flies out there that are just lying POSs. 
they don't live the lives that they live. You know, I mean, I know them personally. I've, I've over the last few years, I've got to know many of them personally, and they'll walk around banging their chest talking about running multiple businesses, being multimillionaires, and they don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. At the time when I recorded this, I was I was probably thinking of like one or two people, but it's expanded. I can I can probably add another five to ten people on that easily. And I know this for a fact. I don't need to name names, you know, but I know these things for a fact. And what I would rather see is people focus on becoming the best version of themselves and then influencing others to do the same. That's really my theory. I mean, I don't, I don't come on YouTube and put out content to sell you guys crap. I've got 600 free videos on my channel. Do I have a community? Do I have a paywall? Do I do 600 videos? That was, um, 2018, 2019-ish. I think, um, I, ch I checked the other day cause I had to do some uploads after some edits. I've got 1100 videos on the channel now. It's just like, man, time flies when you're doing this. Do coaching? Yeah. Why? Because I don't work for free. Do you guys work for free? Do you guys go to your job? I'm oh, yeah. That's always been one of the big, you know, complaints of people is like, oh, Rich, you charge so much money for private coaching. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you think I'm basic bitch when it comes to coaching? All the stuff that I know and the experiences that I have. I mean, look, you know, if you want basic answers, there's other people out there that'll give you basic answers. But if you want like help solving a complex problem, that's what I do. And I do it at a high level. So that's why my rates there, but, and I always find it funny. It's like, you know, oh, you're taking advantage of simps. It's like, I, nobody's holding a gun to anybody's head, man. It's like, this is what I do. And I prefer not doing private consults. Um, I actually have a lot more fun doing other things. Trust me, it's not for the money. It's to protect my time. So I'm not swamped with bookings. Monday morning and punch in and never get paid? Of course not. You're going to charge for your time when people demand it. So when people want to talk to me to get coaching for something or they want to get access to premium stuff that I can't post on YouTube, of course I'm going to charge for it, right? But there's so many people out there that haven't done the work. It's like blah, blah, blah. And dude, all I want to say is, shh, show me. Stop talking. Start doing. Start showing me. Stop banging your chest. It's amazing how not a lot has changed over the last few years. Well, there's far too much of that and not enough doing the work. Do the work. And that applies for people watching manosphere content there's a lot of lazy people that watch manosphere content that yeah. don't actually do the work that are looking for the cheat codes like self-help man like you know people people identify a problem it's like okay i have a problem now and then you give them a solution and then they don't do anything with it i even see this with guys that enter my community personally and it's like when they do it we call them out on it right like me and the top guys in my group it'll be like look that's that's called being an asshole and that's asking a question doing nothing with it, and then coming back again and rephrasing it. A lot of these guys will sometimes start DMing other people and wasting their time with more bullshit. And it's like, there's a lot of that out there. Um, it's not a masculine behavior. It's not what top shelf men do. It's not what gets you results. It's like masturbation. You're just like doing whatever, but you're not actually achieving anything. Like driving a car into some mud and lighting up the tires and spinning the wheels is the equivalent, right? And there's a lot of that out there. Um, I think part of the reason why Andrew got so much traction outside of the whole bombastic, uh, loud and the catchy sound, sound bites, um, was simply because he caught the attention of a lot of these guys. It's funny, you know, I was at the gym the other day and, um, you know, I was, uh, I think I did a video on this a couple weeks ago, but, um, I said the same thing to Andrew. I sent him a message. I'm like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, uh, I like your stuff and you know, thank you for the book and all that sort of stuff. And the very next thing they'll say is, oh, do you know Andrew Tate? And it's like the whole top G thing. And I'm not really sure what that means. I think it's, I'm a little bit older, obviously. Okay. So bear with me on this because I've got less life ahead of me than what I've lived. I mean, I've got a lot of experiences. 
And, you know, you see these uh, kids and they're like, you know, 130 pounds soaking wet. And I'm calling them kids. They're probably about 20. Like they're not children. So they're, so they're adult men. They're like 130, 140 pounds soaking wet, you know, five foot 10. Um, you know, and they're walking around beating their chest. Like I'm a top G sort of thing. And it's like, dude, I saw you in the parking lot, pulling your mom's Honda. Uh, and I see you like bench pressing one plate and you're beating your chest and poking at your boys, calling yourself the top G you ain't right. Um, the work needs to be done. There's, there's the act as if concept, which I talked about in a video the other day where I was, where I was detailing, uh, you're not alpha if, and of course, you know, there's some people that get their feathers all ruffled over that, but it is what it is, right? I mean, you know, the world either sees you as, or they don't see you as, right? But there's, anyway, let's finish going through this video. In fact, check this out. Let me dig it up. These are some of the grievances that people voiced to me when I asked what they see with problems in the Manosphere. Manosphere sounds like a gay nightclub. Too many guys looking for a time machine to take them back to a Leave it to Beaver time. The belief that there was ever... I think I think that was Carl that said the second one, uh, Black Label Logic. And he walked out of the Manosphere. He you know, he deleted his uh, social media. He, he just left. He just said goodbye because he didn't see it. Um, I'm guessing as you know, the juice being worth the squeeze. For a golden era, era of masculinity and the freedom from hypergamy. The obsession with obscure philosophy, occultism, and other BS. Unqualified purple pill hacks looking for legitimacy by redefining or fabricating red pill fundamentals to align with the shitty choices they made in their own lives. That's the other thing, too. There's all these colored pills now. Black, white, purple, blue, fucking yellow, green, orange. I don't know. Like, how many different colored pills do you need, man? There's, like, either, like, it's true or it's a lie, right? It came from the Matrix. Take the blue pill. You plug back in and, you know, sleepwalk through life and everything stays as it was. Take the red one, you unplug from everything and we go down the rabbit hole and see how far things really go. The thing being, though, is that a lot of these self-help guys, whether they're in the Mano Swamp or they're not in the Mano Swamp, they want you to drink their Kool-Aid and get drunk on their Kool-Aid. Like, it's almost like they want you to hear, they want to hear the words that they're saying come out of your mouth as well, right? That's, that's self-help and the mano swamp kind of wrapped up in a nutshell if that makes sense right too many one-eyed men selling glasses to blind men creating unrealistic expectations for how fast a man can get results too many chasing tail sorry too much chasing tail and not enough chasing of excellence that's what i preach about all the time right too many broke fat guys that don't lift that married single moms lecturing men on how to be a real oh man god so, so much of that that's that's so common very very common too many men looking for the cheat codes to play life, women, money on God mode. Really? There's that many guys actually doing it. Honestly, it's, it's a joke. Lazy people who expect you to tell them basic stuff anyone can look up on a cell phone, like what's hypergamy? There's a lot of legitimate grievances and problems with this. Yeah, the yeah the laziness gets me all the time. I, I said something the other day in a tweet response. Um, I said something like move more, eat better, okay? Which would make sense to most people, I think, that speak English when it comes to self-care, right? Move more eat better. Dude at replies me. What do you mean by move more? Do I have to explain that? Like we're at the point where we have to explain basic concepts. Space called the manosphere that too many people, you know, go on about being experts. And it's because there's really a lack of true experts. There's dozens yeah. upon dozens of guys that, that, that are answering questions like how to get girls and not enough guys solving problems behind the why you're not getting girls. Like you probably suck. Maybe you need a gym membership and you got to lose 60 pounds. You probably need to get a haircut and get some proper style going on. You need to understand, and very importantly, female nature and what drives women and what drives the dynamics between desire between men and women. Not 
let's go and memorize lines and go and approach 75 women and bother them in public spaces, hoping that you can get one of them to go out on a date with you, right? Like that's the whole, you know, uh, too many promises of, of uh, fast results, right? There's a lot of that going on too. People selling programs on how to get fast results. Remember these lines and regurgitate them and go and approach, you know, 75 women and harass the crap out of them. Well, what's that going to get you? It's going to get you a lot of disappointment, probably harassment charges or even a me too. And they wonder why they're, you know, not being successful. And then at the end of that, when they- I was, I was shocked. Like I, like I hung around a lot, you know, for the next few years after this at the amount of people that had either been running from the law, uh, had criminal charges, or had got uh, guys incarcerated for following the tools and techniques that they offered. Um, but it's a lot more common than you think. A lot of it gets swept away or, you know, you hope that it disappears. But again, sunlight will, will sanitize everything. Like, you know, the whole next step for Andrew, we'll see what it looks like. I think it'll be an interesting unfolding because I think he's generally regarded right now as the self-help uh, guy, you know, whether it's, you know, you want to call it red pill or unplugging from the matrix, whatever it happens to be. Um, but, you know, dude said it earlier up here, who was it, Henry? Most guys like Andrew brought the cancellation on himself. You know, you play with the bull and, you know, you're going to get the horns. You can, you can go out there and say and do certain things. I mean, the conversations that I have with my boys, when we're together are different than what you'll see on a stream or in a video. Um, I'm acutely aware of um, cancel culture. I'm acutely aware of what uh, can and probably or may not be able to be said, or you have to sort of water it down or use slightly different language. Um, I mean, there's people out there right now that use very terse and abrasive language, you know, descriptive terms, and they haven't been canceled yet, but again, they haven't got the level of media attention, I think, that Andrew did. Um, when you walk and talk and act like a bull, like an alpha male, you're going to get a lot of attention from people. And uh, when you say things that can be used against you, it's it's not self-help anymore, right? They don't get like, you know, it brings you back to the anti-fragility part, right? If if you're in a position to offer advice, to be helpful, to reveal certain things, you know, to sanitize, you know, the darkness with some light, to unplug, whatever it is, you know, that you want to call it with some truth. Um, a lot of it is very, very uncomfortable. You know, it's, 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 it's very difficult for people to want to, to hear, um, you know, women, especially, and for soft men, especially too, like weak beta males that have been, fed a entire life, like a steady diet of men are weak, you know, bend the knee, just be a nice guy. Um, you know, women are oppressed. Uh, they make less than what men do for the exact same job, blah, blah, blah. At some point, like weak men can be very, very dangerous. I think it was um, Jordan Peterson says something along the lines of, you know, if you think that tough guys are dangerous, wait till you get a load of what weak guys, you know, can and will do. And a lot of the negative um sound bites that you'll hear don't come from alpha males they don't come from strong virtuous men they come from weaker guys um they come from weaker guys and uh, more so like the victim mindset you know it's like oh poor me and they fit you know they find a reason to be offended hurt um you know not not in a safe space something like that and then it gets amplified and that's exactly what happened to andrew cheat codes to life. This is the best part. You know, people that consume content in the manosphere, when they're not willing to do the work, lose the weight, get the gym membership, make the money, figure out, you know, the, 
you know, the whole like lose a weight thing really, what, 65, 70% of the North American population's overweight, fat, obese, morbidly obese, in some category where it's an unhealthy BMI, right? And it's like, all you have to do is move more and eat better. And a lot of them won't even do that, right? Like there's some lazy ass creators even that won't even do that and they'll just go get liposuction, right? Because they don't want to do the work. But just the fundamentals of the optics of strength and masculinity, health and fitness, just a decent diet, a good workout protocol, a decent workout protocol. And if you're a young guy, it should be easy as hell, man. Like when you get to my age, trust me, it's it's a lot harder to maintain um, you know, physical conditioning, but a lot of the young guys that, you know, are out there going, I need some help. Can you jump rope for two minutes straight? Uh, can you do 20 body weight dips, you know, with the dip bar? I was just at the gym this morning doing this 20, no problem. Right. Uh, like, you know, can you do 25 pushups? Like just ba like basic body weight stuff. And if you can start with, you know, easy fundamentals and kind of work from there, learn combat skills, learn how to fight, don't, you know, join a, a dojo, box, kickbox, crop. I don't care. Do something so that you develop the competency skills and improve your conditioning and your mental health. That's, that's what I heard a lot of from, you know, Andrew was become a better version of yourself. Do the fucking work, you know, don't, don't be lazy. Don't, don't surround yourself with mediocrity when you can surround yourself with excellence, right? the basic dynamics of the sexual marketplace, then they get pissed off and then they point and sputter. Oh, you're a scam. That's a lie. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, this, that, and the other thing. That's like the whole Doomer uh, trope, you know, the black pill guys, right? And then they'll go and, you know, manufacture indignation. I'll give you a great example. I had a coaching call the other day with this guy. Dude books 15 minutes, okay? And his problem was he's a 38-year-old guy. He's new to North America. He's oh, got a very thick guy. Indian accent, working for a tech company as an engineer. And he wanted me to produce a magic wand that would solve all of his problems in 15 minutes. His strategy to get a girl to like him, which is what he booked. Like, terrible, terrible game wanted the cheat codes to fixing getting one girl like that and it's like there's actually people out there that promise that you know there's people out there like hey you know if you follow these texting tips or if you buy my you know course on picking up girls or something like that we'll get you there but i've always said it's a mind mindset thing right it's like adopt a new mindset don't memorize and regurgitate language terms text message clips or whatever it happens to be. It's a mindset shift where you actually become the game. You know, we talk about this a lot and like I run a bunch of group chats and um, one of them's like a top tier one, you know, my community. And it's like the constant theme is you can't fake this. You know, you can't fake it till you make it. Like you actually have to become the game. You know what I'm saying? Book the call for because he wanted to get a wife. His strategy was to approach a woman that's 15 years younger than from his church. And he shows me a picture of, of yeah. some other guy that looks kind of like him with his arms wrapped around her, wanting that girl trying to figure out how do I get that girl and get her to marry me. And his approach was tell her that I like her, find her funny, and then tell her that he wants to wife her up. And, and a lot of the stuff that you get in the self-help, you know, sort of space for guys or in the Mano Swamp, uh, you know, I call it the Mano Swamp because it's a better name than Manosphere, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's build a better beta um, sort of recipes, like uh, not, not dealing with the core problem, right? Like a guy wants to solve his entire world view in 15 minutes when he's new to a country is complete a beta is completely beta ties raised by a single mom works in a, a boring industry doesn't have any interesting skills or or hobbies you see where i'm going now right and it's like dude we're not going to solve this problem in 15 minutes right we're going to have to dive real deep down this rabbit hole and reconfigure your belief system because right now what you've been doing ain't working and that's going to take yeah. a lot of work but does a guy want to do the work no
He's lazy. It's amazing how almost nothing has changed over the last few years since I made this video. There's too many lazy people out there that are unwilling to do the work on themselves. They'll go and spend thousands of dollars on stupid PUA courses, chasing women, trying to regurgitate lines, or going to stupid events, when what they should be doing is finding somebody that's truly an expert that's done the work, book their time, and get the training from them directly. You know, I take that back. Start by getting a gym membership. Start by getting some meal planning going. Start by signaling the optics of what masculinity and strength actually look like, right? Because... You know, the inner game is, is like becoming it, right? It's, it's, it's not, it's not like basics, like just memorize stuff. It's not really. Do a lot of people do It's understanding it. And you don't even need, um, any of the stuff that you see out there. Like there's like, there's one, if I could recommend one place to start, intelligent guys can start with Evo psych. Okay. When it comes to society, pecking orders hierarchies, women, what women respond to, uh, like all of that stuff, Evo psych stuff, right? And um, the evolution desires a very, very straightforward read. Uh, David Buss is the author. He's an Evo psych guy. Uh, there's another interesting book, which he co-authored as well, called the, uh, I think it's called Why Women Have Sex. Um, and if you get the audio version, I think it's read by a female, if I'm not mistaken, but there's a female co-author that he worked with uh, collaborating on the um, research and collecting the data. Um, you know, you start with that and you see the code in the matrix. You're like, oh, okay. Now I, now I see it. You may not like it, but now I see it. Right. Do it. No, a handful do, but I'll tell you what, the guys that are booking with me, they're getting shit done, man. They're getting a lot of stuff done. But anyway, you know, back to the point of the manosphere, many, many problems with it. Too many fakes, too many liars, too many people that haven't done the work that are projecting outwardly that they're awesome. They are like, you know, it's like social media. You know how they say that social media is like a highlight reel. You know, it's like, you see these people that pretend to be awesome in social media, but in real life, they're not. There's a lot of guys in the manosphere that are like that, where they claim to have answers that they do not, or they offer BS advice, or they do things that they don't live up to. I yeah, speaking of BS advice, I've I've heard firsthand, sh like absolutely shit advice that would just send a guy down the wrong path, dispense to guys that I know personally. And um, there's nothing you can do about it. Really, um, because there's no, like it's a permissionless environment to upload to YouTube, for example, if that's where the platform is. You don't need anybody's permission to record a video and upload it. You just have to sound compelling enough. I remember when I was a kid, my um, one of my friend's dad, he used to run this business, um, $20, 25000000 million a year business. And, um, you know, one of the lessons I learned from him was he said something along the lines of bullshit baffles brains. And you can hold out, you can purport to be something that you're not because most people aren't that smart and they're not smart enough to figure it out. I've, I've heard a man, okay, in the same room, room saying that he is amazing and that he only goes out with nines and tens. And then after I heard him say that, within literally 45 minutes, I see him bring into the yep. event area a two. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was not the only one shaking my head at this, right? Like there's, there's example after example after example. You're banging on telling people to buy your course or program saying that you're only with nines and tens, but you walk a two into the hotel. Come on, guys. Like it's it's gonna come back and bite you in the butt at some point. You gotta be smarter than that. Those of you that are creating content out there, I challenge you to be better. I know you can be better. Some of you I know very well, and I know you can be better. I'm not gonna be around you though, unfortunately. Right? I don't want to be around losers. I mean, you can't soar like an eagle if you surround yourself with turkeys. It's just not gonna happen. That's why I've been solo since uh December. I just, you know, I'm just happier that way. It's better. Right? These guys need to level up. They need to level up the game. They need to actually do the work. They need to stop screwing people over, they need to stop lying to people and misleading them with results that they've never achieved themselves.
always ask yourself this, guys. I'm going to wrap up on this note because I feel like I'm banging on too long in this video. Always ask yourself this. Would you want to trade person places with that person? You know, whatever somebody dispenses advice, ask yourself, would I trade my life for their life? Out of the dozens of people that I know in this space. Yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I can wrap it up on that note. There was... Um... You know, as far as like self-help and like masculinity stuff, let me see, can I put this up on the screen? Uh, remove and let's uh, stop screen. Let's throw this up here because I came across the Haka. I love this, man. This thing is freaking awesome. Share screen tab. This right here. Okay. You should be able to hear this. I just came across this today. So if you don't know what this dance is, it's called the Hakka, um, Southern, Southern Pacific, I think so, like Southern Islander sort of thing. I'm assuming this is probably in New Zealand where they film this. And, um, it's just a quick minute clip, but just watch this. I mean, you could improve the lives of a lot of men quite simply by teaching them this dance and having them do it on a consistent basis. Um, often when a lot of these, um, sporting leagues and teams challenge another team, and it's a world final or something like that, you'll see this. Some of you may have not seen this. This might be like a replay for some of you that have seen it before, but just check this out. Like, I love this dance. Just listen to this shit. going to mute it while it continues to play but one of the points that i wanted to make is you have an entire room here this is probably some kind of boy school entire room here and if you go back an entire upper level up over here i don't know how many kids are in this room like a few hundred hundreds for sure all doing the exact same thing following the same movement it's very powerful like look at the faces on the kids in the front rows here like look at this motherfucker <laughs> like he's taking it very very seriously now this is what a lot of the self-help stuff is. Everybody, you know, they take it very seriously. You know, they memorize the moves and the lines and sort of stuff like that. But I, again, I'm assuming this is New Zealand. If you're not familiar, New Zealand is probably the biggest soy country in the world right now. They allowed themselves to get locked down like no other country. The leader, the prime minister, I can't remember her name, but she was in the media recently and she was talking about how you should just trust you know, 
the government and you should just listen to the government and follow what they say. Now, if the, if the entire country voted for this woman, you know, with the whole narratives and the lockdowns and just trust us and, you know, line up to get your 17 booster jabs sort of thing. If the entire c- country fell for it, even though you've got a room full of boys like this, you know, that memorized, you know, the movements and the lines and all that sort of stuff, it makes you wonder, you know, about the differences between consuming and regurgitating and actually living, right? And that's the becoming the game part. That's that's like the becoming, you know, the better version of yourself. A lot of guys will go out in there and watch it. They'll, yeah, I'll get up like Jocko Wilnick and I'll do my workout at 3.30 a.m. and I'll take a picture of my uh, wristwatch and the sweat on the floor. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the um, uh, gorilla kettlebells, you know, from Joe Rogan's store and, you know, I'll swing them and, you know, I'll be just like him sort of thing. But the vast majority of, of guys are like the kids that I see that are, you know, beating their chest 140 pounds, soaking wet at the gym. Uh, you know, talking about being the top G, it's like, no, dude, you're not, you're not Andrew, you're not driving a Bugatti, you're not even close. Okay. But it's like, I'm glad you're, you're doing something. I, I see the movements, but have you actually adopted the new mindset? Right. That's where the results start to come. That's where self-help results really come from. Right. And they do get there. Um, not, not all of them, most of them don't, but they do get there. Uh, let me just go back here in the chat. Uh, Neem says, with little effort, you can move mountains, but only uh, mouth work can't move your legs. But only mouth work, yeah. Um, little super there. Chris says, respectfully, many guys in a man of swamp uh, seem to only care about women, including red pill guys who I call friends, focus on getting results outside of getting laid. And I said one time that um, there's two kinds of people you can't trust in the world. You can't trust anybody that constantly focuses all their attention on getting laid and racking up a notch count and people that don't get laid because either one of them will throw you under the bus for any benefit at any given time. Think about that for a second. I'll start with you building better habits. Uh, one man's chorus. Uh, Rishi keeps saying that today's young men are soy. Consider the percentage of millennials and Zoomers who are raised by single moms and public school teachers. Today's men were socialized by women. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately too. Because um, there's this, you know, this notion of, well, you can solve that by homeschooling your uh, your kids. Can you? Can you really solve that problem by homeschooling your kids? Because even if you're a patriarch, you live out in the woods, uh, rural, you've got, you know, like a well dug for your water, you've maybe gross, you know, some of your own uh, produce, you've got some animals on your land, and you homeschool your kids. Can you really change that? Right? You know, is a, you know, is a question that I would pose right now, because it's like, you know, some people will homeschool their kids, and they'll go put them in the school system at some point, or they'll expose them to screens at some point. And I would argue that you could homeschool your kids, I don't know, for the first 10 years of their life, you know, sort of thing. And then once they get their hand on what society tries to throw at them, uh, wokeness, rainbows, uh, TikToks, I'm, I'm convinced TikTok is a PSYOP, okay? Uh, China knows what they're doing. Like the stuff that the Chinese consume in Asia is different from the TikTok that we consume in North America. There's a reason why the military doesn't let people use TikTok, from what I understand. I don't know if that's still true today. Maybe they've changed that. I don't know. But 
it's a psyop and it's algorithmically designed, I believe, to soften most of society. Now, that being said, it's also got code, which is going to amplify anything that, that keeps people on the platform, uh, improves watch time um, and discussion engagement, uh, commentary, stuff like that. So I think what you're probably going to see is you're going to see some of that change because that's like one of the reasons why um, Andrew you know, blew up so much was that he leveraged his affiliate network to produce so many uh, different TikTok accounts to pump out his uh, content and the algorithms reward that or they still do, you know, maybe, maybe to this moment, but I believe that's going to change, um, you know, but to the point over here of like, you know, today's men are socialized by women. It's like, like, how do you change that? How do you stop that? It's very difficult. You don't, you don't own your kids when you expose them to outside influence. Um, unless you're Amish, and you don't have electricity, <coughs> TV, you know, like whatever. Um, they are going to get exposed to mainstream narratives. They're going to get exposed to notions like your sons will be weakened, right? Like they will be convinced that um, they should should stay and be weak. They'll be lied to and told to just be themselves and be a nice guy. And uh, they'll watch media and advertising saying that, you uh, men are idiots and they're incompetent and that women are better. Um, and women will hear messages about men and women are equal. They're, you know, they're the same. You two ladies can be promiscuous. Uh, men just can't do it. You know, you should do it too. Um, you're beautiful at any size, weight, height, color of hair, whatever. Um, standards, they're, they're, they're softening the fabric of society. And it's very, very difficult to penetrate that today. And to get a clear, concise message about strength, masculinity, competency, ownership. I don't, when I talk, I don't talk to um, chicks. You know, like I'm, I'm talking to the dudes. I'm talking to men. Okay. I make videos, you know, as if I'm talking to my sons, you know, sort of, sort of thing. Um, women already have it pretty easy in the world overall. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, people ask me, well, you know, well, women can do this too. And you're, you know, like your information is helpful, you know, for women. And what, it, what advice would you give the gals, Rich? And it's like, is it different? Yeah. I mean, I would tell a son not to get married, put himself first and make something out of himself. And I would tell a daughter, preserve, you know, your femininity, preserve your beauty. Um, you know, like women are born something, you know, they're born beautiful. And if they live their life correctly and they don't party and they don't drink and they don't smoke and they don't do stupid shit and run around with a bunch of guys, um, you know, that's, that's basically where their value comes from. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying don't go get a job. I'm not saying don't, don't go get a degree if you want, but that's not what guys want. Um, you know, the top shelf guys that all women pine for aren't, like there's no guy that, that ever said, even, even broke guys, you know, that ever said, oh yeah, look at the degree on her. Look at her degree when she walks away. Check that out. Hey, check that out when she walks away. That's a nice degree on her, huh? Mm -mm -mm. Framed a mahogany, little letters after her name. That's hot. Guys don't do that. They look at the optics of beauty. And what do women look at? They look at success. They look at competency skills. They look at guys that are strong, that have a backbone that can make it rain. You know, they know how to make money. Okay. Proper money, like, you know, money that, you know, makes the difference that, you know, does something. So it's like, yeah, it, 
it's a serious problem, right? And I don't have all the answers. I can't fix the world. People are like, oh, Rich, you know, you have a platform. Why don't you fix things? Why don't you say this? Or you need to say that. You need to say this. It's like, no, I'm going to say what I want to say. Okay. You're not going to like sometimes what I say. You may not adopt what I say. It might ruffle your feathers when I say things, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I'll, you know, like I'll tell you something. Guys, and you know, guys, it's the vast majority that are watching my content. Again, can you do 25 push-ups? Can you get on some dip bars and do 20 dips? Can you skip rope for 20 minutes without being out of breath? Do you know how to fight? Do you know how to defend yourself? Do you know how to defend a woman or women? You know, you know, can you, can you do any of these basic things? You know, can you solve problems or you just sit there and go, well, I'm just going to play video games, right? Or you're going to watch, you know, like a video and you know, you see a hashtag or something like that. And you're like, yeah, I'm a top G too. That's me. I'm a top G. It's like, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I had this young man call in on my um, Unplugged Alpha podcast. And um, one of the things he said, I think um, Velcro made a clip out of it. He said something along the lines of, uh, I'm a high value man. And it's like, nope. I stopped him right there. He was complaining that he couldn't um, wear the hat that he wanted to wear when he was cutting the grass. He complained that his uh, wife would browbeat him over the position of the toilet seat. It's like simple shit like, Woman, just put the toilet seat down. Okay, I'm busy here. I'm chasing excellence. I'm doing something, right? I'm doing something useful with my life. And it's like having a fight over a toilet seat is nonsense, right? But this is the state that guys are in. Like you're not a high value guy if you don't, if you don't have the capacity to lead in the relationship, right? She doesn't see you that way. I guarantee it. Otherwise, why would she be chirping you over something basic like that? Uh, yeah, I saw the video of Joe reviewing TikTok's user terms. It's, it's crazy. Um, there's a clip out there somewhere on YouTube. It's not very long. You can go look it up, but he's, but it's, but it's basically like, here, let me see if I can dig it up real quick. It's not a very long clip. Uh, Joe Rogan exposes tick, tick tock. I always spell that wrong. In terms of see if the search engine works. Crazy terms of service. Yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, you, you guys got to watch this. It's like it's like a two minute clip. Uh, share screen tab. Joe Rogan, there we go. Oh my God, I read TikTok's terms of service. Uh, I went down a TikTok rabbit hole yesterday. Yeah, it's good. I stayed home, smoked a little weed, and I started reading up on TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm gonna read you this. Because this is so crazy. Imagine being a stand-up comic and be like, yeah, I'm going to smoke a blunt and go read some TikTok terms of service. Amazing. Is it good or bad? Bad. It's, so what are you saying? It's a bad place to be? <clears throat> Listen to this. This is uh, from TikTok's privacy policy. All right. It said, uh, we collect certain information about the device you use to access the platform, mm -hmm. such as your IP address, um, user region. Uh, this, this is really crazy. Uh, user agent, mobile carrier, time zone settings, I identifiers for advertising purpose, model of your device. We're only we're only a third of the way through, and they already know the model of your device, everything about your phone, uh, you know, your operating system. Here, I'm going to speed it up a little bit. It's the device system, network type, device IDs, your screen resolution and op. Your screen resolution, like they're collecting data on your screen resolution. 
operating system, app and file names and types. So all your apps and all your file names. So you know about all your file names on your phone, all the apps you have on your phone. All the things you have filed away on your phone, really? they have access to that. File names and types, keystroke patterns or rhythms. So they're monitoring your keystrokes, which means they know every... If you guys don't know about heat mapping, um, if, if you've ever created a website, one of the things that you want to do with a website is you want to put this, this like cookie code on it, basically, and it tracks uh, heat mapping. So what you do on the screen, um, this is basically what TikTok's doing is they're essentially heat mapping the use of their app. And I'm assuming um, since they're tracking other apps and what you're doing with your phone, everything pretty much. Fucking thing you type. Wow. Battery state, uh, audio set. The percentage of your battery. Audio settings. Things and connected audio devices where you log in from multiple devices. Oh. We will be able to use your profile information to identify your activity across devices. We may also associate you mm. with information collected from devices other than those you you use to log into the platform. We're only halfway through. Meaning they can use other computers that you're not even using to log into TikTok. They can suck the data off that. That's what you're agreeing to when you download and start using TikTok. Do you That's wild. It's insane. Dude, like... Here, I'm going to remove this now. I I have a TikTok account, you know, and I upload clips there. And I'm telling you right now, delete TikTok. You don't need it. Um, I'm telling you as somebody that uploads video there, I don't like I really try not to consume it because if you start scrolling through it, it's like they suck you in, man, with their with their total bullshit. Uh, Rashid says, love your content. Do you have plans to write another book? Yes, I'm working on the uh, follow up to it. Um, I'm quite chuffed. He says, I have read your book six times so far. Just a masterpiece. Thanks, man. I really, really, really appreciate that. Look, if, you, if you've read my book, please leave a review on Amazon. It helps me. If you haven't, get it. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this book, but I'm going to be honest with you. The follow-up that I'm writing to this, I think is going to be even better. And um, we'll see when it comes out. It'll be out next year. We'll see. Oh, man. Um, so what have we covered here? We got into, uh, let's close that and remove the books and the Twitter feed and the Haka and that video from the Manosphere from a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jaren's talking about heat mapping. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very effective tool to monitor everything that you do. So cancel culture. Best thing that you can do guys is if you're going to broadcast yourself, be as anti-fragile as possible. Meaning if chaos comes your way, if they try to do something to stop you, you actually improve. I think Andrew's a smart guy and I hope he comes out the other end better than what he was before. Um, I don't see him the way that a lot of you guys see him. You know, I see guys calling him the top G and I don't even know what the fuck a top G is to be honest with you. I think it, I think it means gangster if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you guys can, you know, correct me in the live chat, but um like I know legitimate like Italian mobsters. Um, so I see him as a very funny guy. Um, one of my favorite podcast interviews that I've seen with him was with uh, Tom Segura, who's a stand-up comic. And I mentioned this before, you know, his own wife even said during the uh, podcast that he's had world-class comics sitting opposite from him and he's never laughed as hard as he did with Tate. And I thought Andrew was very, very funny. Um, I think he's, uh, in my opinion... I think I see him first as a comedian. Then I see him as a car guy. Um, he loves cars. I like, dude, anybody that likes cars is all right with me. I don't care what brand of car it is. I don't care if it's a Subaru STI. I don't care if it's a Bugatti. If you like cars and you can talk cars, I'm down to shoot the shit. Um, I just like car guys. 
he's an entrepreneur. He's obviously a successful kickboxer and won a bunch of fights. I think he'll be okay. Um, he'll, I, I would not be surprised if he got a signed deal at this time, uh, to do a, uh, a podcast on a platform like Spotify. Um, it would be stupid for other platforms to ignore the popularity. Uh, they should be capitalizing on it. And if I was Andrew, I would definitely uh, take advantage of that. Um, a lot of people have said, well, you know, you should go to this platform or go to that platform or so-and-so is going to, I saw this video somebody um, served to me, or sorry, I think the algorithms, you know, served to me. I can't remember who it was, but it was a British guy. And he said something like, I'm going to save the Manosphere with my video platform. And it's like, oh, here we go. Another fucking centralized video platform that's going to save the world, Right. Um, the reason why I haven't moved to another platform is very, very simple. They're all the same. Um, if you violate their terms, which aren't explicit and clear, if we're being honest. So if they don't like you is what it boils down to. If they don't like you and they want to take you off, they will remove you. It doesn't matter if it's rumble odyssey, um, locals was the other one that Dave Rubin did. I think with Peterson, I think. I think Peterson, you know, got out of that deal. It doesn't matter what they are, but if they're centralized, there's no point in my view. I'm waiting for Web3, decentralized social media, where there's there's consensus, you know, for example. Like, look, if you want to remove somebody from a, from a decentralized platform and you want to cancel them, let the people on the platform vote. Not the people that, not the, not the people sitting in that one room where there's six, you know, victim mindset, purple haired, angry people that hate men sort of thing. You don't want to take you off. I don't like it. You shut this show. I'm going to take them off. Let's just delete them. And then we'll call our friends at this show. Hey, you know, TikTok. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take them down. Yeah. Okay. Payment processes. Yeah. You, you know, we're going to take them. Down. That's what they do. They come at you from all angles. It's a, you know, it's a coordinated attack. And then it's like, okay, we'll take away his ability to speak. We'll take his, you know, we'll take away his ability to broadcast. We'll take away his ability to process payments. We'll take away his ability to uh, host, you know, on a website will take away his ability to use, um, things like discord. Um, so then it becomes a coordinated attack and then, you know, you're kind of forced to go to some small, you know, rinky dink platform, the real solution, a cancel culture. And I really hope that you guys listen to this and pay attention to it is going to be a web three solution. It's going to be a decentralized solution built on like something like the blockchain where, you own your content. And if people want to see it, they can come and see it. If people want you removed, it requires the consensus of whatever to get you deleted or removed, you know, for example, but you own the content. Um, that doesn't exist today. Um, they, they profit immensely. It's funny, you know, because social media platforms, tech today will profit immensely from you processing payments on their platforms, broadcasting messages on their platforms and bring eyeballs to them. But as soon as somebody's feelings are hurt or enough people's feelings are hurt because you don't like something that is said, it's like, oh, we'll take it all away. It's gone. Rug pull. Psh, rug pull, right? It is what it is. That's th that's what cancel culture is. It doesn't, it doesn't aim to improve the world. It aims to try to silence. And all that you prove when you try to silence somebody, like I said earlier, is basically that they're right. Like, why would you silence somebody that's wrong? When I consume, you know, like something in my feed, or if I turn on YouTube and I'm not logged in, and it's some makeup tutorial or some 
unattractive uh, woman that's going to browbeat or bash men and make fun of them. I just turn it off. I just move on. I don't complain about it. I don't copy it and send it to like a group discussion that's private on Facebook and get all the other angry people to come in and sort of mob it out and mass file and report. That's what, that's what weak people do, right? That's what beta males do. That's what angry, disgruntled uh, people do. And it's just not the solution. I don't agree with it at all. I, I personally think that cancel culture is, is, is a very big problem, but we don't have a solution to it. Nobody's done anything about it. Um, I would, I would imagine because uh, Andrew's name is that popular right now that a guy like Elon Musk has probably caught wind of it and probably seen some of the, the clips, you know, some of the shorts and reels. And that's the kind of person that has the ability to build a Web3 sort of platform um, and get it out there and push the sort of adoption level that you want. You know, he was talking about doing that with uh, Twitter and fixing all the problems that they have over there, but then he backed out of the deal. And I don't blame him. I mean, a lot of the shit that Twitter was purporting was just not true, right? We have all these users, but I use Twitter and I know a lot of the users that are on Twitter are fraudulent. They're fake. They're sock puppet accounts. They're extra accounts. They're throwaway accounts or whatever. You know, they're just shit talker accounts. They're not real people. Um, you know, which is why I said earlier, I mean, you know, take a look at somebody's life so that you can evaluate them before, you know, you take it seriously. Um, and even that is hard to do. You know, like I said, there's a lot of fakes. There's a lot of frauds out there. Um, posers that will hold out to the public that there's something that they're not. Um, they're not always easy to identify. Like, let me share this story and then I'll wrap up. Um, when I used to ride motorcycles and guys that ride sport bikes will know this, there's always like a cafe, a coffee shop or something like that. And you get together with your friends, you know, you go hang out. It's 11 o'clock at night. Traffic's died down. You're going to have a hot drink of coffee, get the caffeine levels up and you're going to go out and you're going to ride the ramps or find twisties or there's a Canyon road or something like that. There's always new guys that would come to the cafes and they would be like, Oh, I want to come riding with you. And they'd have like the latest, greatest motorcycle, a Ducati, a sport bike, a crotch rocket, whatever it happened to be. And we'd always be open to bringing them with us. But the way that we would evaluate the real from the posers was easy because all you had to do was look at their tires and not the rear tire. You would look at the front tire because there's a wear, wear pattern. Like if I take um, something round like this over here, you can see it's like a circle, right? When you lean and the tire rolls over on the road, it starts to wear on the inside of the tire. Okay. And if they didn't have wear on the inside of the tire, they didn't know how to ride around corners. They were just straight line riders. And that was their level of skill. And we didn't want to take them along because we didn't want them one to hold us up or two to get hurt trying to keep up with us. So we'd only roll with experienced riders that were, you know, like kind of newer to the group or something like that. Posers aren't always easy to identify when you don't know what to look for. And I don't think most people know what to look for when it comes to people holding out to the public that they're experts in certain areas, aka you see a lot of it in the Mano Swamp and the Red Pill and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of them, you know, over time, sunlight will sanitize it and, you know, the truth gets revealed. But at the end of the day, you know, the real problem is with the person that you need to hold accountable, which is the guy that looks at you in the mirror in the morning. That's the guy that you need to hold accountable. Don't worry about holding women accountable, holding man of swamp creators accountable. Give up on all that shit. Give up on all of it immediately. Okay. Because self-help, those two words, self, yourself, and help, doing it yourself, you know, for yourself, starts from within. Starts with you holding the guy in the mirror accountable and making sure that that guy's the best version of himself. 
making sure that he's living up to standards that you set and you set high enough standards for him to live up to. And then you start getting on with the business of doing the work, making the money, developing the masculine frame, looking good, getting rid of excuses. You know, oh, I got hit by lightning. It's mother nature's fault. Taking ownership for everything. You get hit by lightning, it's your fault, right? Take ownership for everything, okay? Everything in your life. Losing the victim mindset, destroying all of those like old world plugged in bullshit beliefs that don't serve you, that don't help you level up, that don't get you the results that you want out of life. Stop playing that victim mindset. Stop like, you know, the whole, oh, you know, women are just whatever it is sort of thing or that guy's a blah, 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 blah. Like, are you the best version of yourself? Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. 10 being the best version of yourself, the absolute best that you can possibly be and one being the worst. And if you're nowhere near a 10, you have some fucking work to do. Let's be honest. Pretty much everybody that watches any kind of men's self-help, Mano Swamp content, they're nowhere near a 10. That's why they're there because they're looking for answers. So go and start doing the work on yourself. That's all this message really is, is just get out there and do the damn work. Cancel culture sucks. Sorry about the top G, you know, I'm sure he'll be back. He'll figure something out. The red pill is what it is. It's just like, just get out there and kick ass, man. My dad always used to say, just get out there and kick ass, Richard. Just do it. I don't know. It is what it is. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. I think it's time to get her going. I'm getting together with a couple of boys for my group tonight. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping I should probably mention since I'm on the stream. Uh, my School of Entrepreneurship opens up next Monday. Um, I'll talk about it more on my um, Unplugged Alpha podcast Monday night at 8 p.m. on the Unplugged Alpha podcast channel. But if you're on my email list below, uh, you already know that it's opening. If you're not, you should get on it because that's where you get first notification and some more information about it. But essentially, I've taken everything that I've learned over the years as an entrepreneur for the last 20 plus years in my own business, in the guys that I've coached in the business world, in the guys that I've collaborated with, in the quarter million dollars that I've spent learning about how to be a better entrepreneur at events through hiring coaches and all that shit. I've taken it all, I've distilled it down and I've gotten right down to the meat and potatoes. There's four to five hours. Actually, there's more than that because I've uploaded some new content since I did the original recordings. There's plenty of useful lectures in there, let's just say. So if you're the kind of guy that's like, I'm stuck in a job that I hate and I want more for myself, that is one of the ways to create your wealth. If you're running a business that isn't profitable and you've got that entrepreneurial sort of like thing going on and you're not making proper money, meaning you're not generating over a million dollars a year in revenue and you're nowhere close to it, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel to make that happen, it's got it all in there for you, all right? Opens Monday, closes six days later, delivering the content, doing Zoom calls. I'll explain it all on Monday night on my channel, but get on my email list if you don't know about it. Launches on Monday. Hope you guys have an awesome time. Looking forward to see the boys tonight. And um, yeah, just again, guys, it just boils down to getting out there and doing the damn work and staying away from the losers. Don't work with losers. Don't surround yourself with losers. There's anchors and sales in life. Make sure that you're doing things that fill your sails with wind and take you to the next port of call. Cut the fucking anchors loose and get rid of the losers. You will always be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You surround yourself with five fat, broke, dumb, lying losers. You will be the sixth. Have a good night. Peace out.